Hallie usually does this when she's driving from Austin to um, San, or San Angelo area. So. Okay. so she's now live. That works. It took to her Facebook, so that's good. And then I will share it out. And then we usually take the first few minutes and just share it out. Yeah. So how are you, Jared? Is everything good? Doing good. It's been a uh, fun and exciting week already. Yeah. Are we ready for our first closing next week? We are. We're, uh, we are ready to go. Um, just finalizing a couple little items, but I like doing ones like that. Really good guy. Yeah. How was the weekend? It was busy. We have a council meeting tomorrow. Okay. Got lots of things going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, um, we're going to speak on behalf of the entertainment district tomorrow. I'm the speaker for it. I went from never speaking in front of people to doing two, two events back to back. So. There you go. Yeah, we missed you at the event, at Haas's event on. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to chat with you and see exactly how that went for you. It turned out really well. There's around 72 people there. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was really, really good. I can't wait to bring him back. So, yeah. So we'll give it another minute and let a few more people hop on here. And then I will introduce you, Jared. Sounds good. Are you able to get into the room on Clubhouse? Uh, Clubhouse is not letting me in the room right now. It just shows up as a notification. As a notification? Yeah. What is your name on there? It is Jared Williamson. Let's see if I can't find you. Oh, you probably need to follow me. Looks like. Oh, there you are. Okay. Yeah, just, it just came on. And now I'm going to let you invite to speak. There you go. <coughs> I'm learning little by little. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Can we record this and share it out throughout the week with certain people who can't be on there because we usually have a lot of the same people on. Okay. So today, um, I'll introduce myself first. I'm Casey Styers, and I'm known as the Downtown Guru. 
And Hallie, she is traveling in the car today, so she may be able to hop in and out. I missed everybody last week. I was um, with a client that's actually from Columbia. The meeting went way longer. We're working on building a hotel. So I was caught up with that. So I missed last week. And this week, Hallie, she's traveling. She was working on a list out of so today we have Jared Williamson on here. He's one of my um, number one referral people that I've been working with um, over the past, I guess, what year we started working together this year. So, and looking forward to doing many more deals in the year 2020 together. But I'm going to let him chat and tell you a little bit about his and we can um, talk about um, where are the mortgage, what the mortgage is doing, what the rates are doing, and where do you think they're going? This is a favorite topic, yeah. I believe. Yeah, it's exciting to talk about. The, we know the market's kind of slowed down a little bit. big part of that had to do with mortgage rates. When rates shot up doubling, nearly tripling in less than nine months, that, you know, people were used to those low twos, threes, fours. And once we started seeing a little bit higher, became a little bit of a pain point. So we're going to see that start to go away a little bit. Uh, we found out some data today that unfortunately looks like that's going to be pushed a little bit more. We're probably going to see a little more as far as federal funds rate being raised a little bit to try to stifle inflation. We've got some good non-farm payroll numbers today, which is bad because that now means that the Fed's probably going to continue to raise rates just a little bit longer. So that being said, we are going to see rates lower. It's probably just going to be sometime in the first and then part of next year, which we're in December. So in the first quarter, second quarter is really not that far. We saw a pretty good bump just three weeks ago when we saw uh, inflation coming down a little bit. And we already saw rates dropping with that. We went from being just over seven to now we're in that six and a quarter, six and a half on any given day. Unfortunately, there is a little bit of volatility in the market right now. So you may see rates go up in a quarter over a week or so. You may see them go down in a quarter over a week or so. But we're going to probably stick in that range until we get a little bit more information and data of inflation on that. Do you think these rates spiking was a good thing, Jared, or uh, anything? What do you think? How do you feel? Yes and no. We'll call them A, we'll call them um, So everybody's talked about... You know, the home prices went up significant over the past several years. Government came in, they put a little bit of downward pressure, and I say a little bit, a lot of downward pressure on rates. And when rates are in the high twos, low threes, people said, I'm willing to pay more for that house. I'm, I'm not too worried about it because I can afford it. It really comes down to an affordability. Once we start getting a more of a level rate, somewhere hopefully in the fives, low fives, high fours, mid fives, mid fours, somewhere in that range, I think is a healthy rate for the economy. That being said, we'll see exactly where the market likes to see prices and at what appreciation. But when everybody had to stay home, everybody wanted to be in a better home. And with rates as low as they were, people were saying, hey, I'm willing to pay to get that better house. Yeah, so I mean, so you think after Christmas, springtime, everything's going to, or do you think we'll have a crazy spring market like we usually do? I mean, around springtime, it's. Yeah, I think, I think our spring market's going to be 
a good spring market. You're going to start to see a few more houses come on the market. I think you're going to see rates starting to slide a little bit. And I think people are going to say, okay, it's not in that 7% range. It's more in the high fives, low six. I'm willing to do that. We're seeing a lot of great agents getting people in houses right now because you don't have to have that $40,000 due diligence or $100,000 due diligence here in the country. That's something that a lot of buyers a year ago, they just couldn't do. Now they're able to come in with a lower due diligence. $5,000, $10,000, sometimes less than $5,000 without too much trouble. Even a little bit in seller concessions, they're not trying to compete against you know, a dozen, two dozen other buyers. And give them the opportunity to, to actually get in the house. So we're having a lot of people have success in that range. And again, if you're getting a house long term, these rates are short term. And what we have today is not the rate that you're going to have in the next six months or 12 months. Or we have the opportunity to refinance that. And you would much rather have to like pay under for your house and a little bit more on the rate side right now and yeah. get it cheaper later on. So. You think we'll ever see two percent again? I hope. Um, <laughs> reason being is it took a pandemic and an entire global shutdown. Uh, that's 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 a problem that I don't want to see. You know, if we saw the upper threes again, maybe that'd be fun. But I think really staying in those fours and fives that's that's happy. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting a deal, but at the same time, it doesn't take anything major to. Any yeah. Yeah. So, are okay. If you're making an offer on your house, this is something that a lot of my clients ask. I think you know okay. where I'm going with this. Can you? Would you suggest pushing the closings out 45 days, or do you still think that we should be competitive and do the 20 day closings? I think it really comes down to you as an agent trying to figure out what the seller wants to do. Does the seller want to be out quick? We can do that. Capacity for most mortgage companies is down. So we've got we've got the invoice. We can get them done in 20 days. Mm -hmm. I don't think there are too many companies really that have a problem with that right now. The question is, does the seller want to go through the hustle and bustle? If they want to, great. We're, we're all for it. Let's close. Let's be done. But if yeah. they want a little bit of reading room, it's it's not the market it was just you know six to nine months ago where there yeah. was no reading room for anybody. Now we can take a little bit of uh, stress off. Relax a little bit. Exactly. So, what are your top three hacks? We always give like a hack or a tip each week. Yeah. What are your top three things that you would tell the people that are listening? Well, if you're listing, a two-one buy-down or one-year buy-down is a great opportunity for you to attract somebody who, right now, the rates are rates are staring, so it's not really the sales price. You know, as a listing and as a seller, y'all are not the problem. It's us as the bank. We are the problem. We have the higher rates right now. It's still twice as high as when it was in January. So. That's that's the that's the pain. But and you said two and one buy down, right? Yeah, two and one buy down is basically the seller will pay something. It's 
there's not an exact number, but depending on what the rate is and what the loan amount is, it's, it's a couple of points, maybe two of the sales price. But keep your sales price high. It doesn't hurt the neighborhood as far as comps are concerned. But the buyer today could get a four and a quarter, give or take. And next okay. year have a five and a quarter, and then year three be at the market rate of six and a quarter. But that being said, those rates aren't going to stay here for the next couple of years. We're going to refinance to something lower here, probably by the end of 2023, if not sometime in 2024. That's what most everybody's expecting. And whatever money is still left in that pot to pay the interest for that time goes mm -hmm. to buy down for the person with the refinance. So it's no loss money. And it's a way for the seller to get in there and just give the opportunity to say, hey, I've got something. If it's rates that are bothering me, I'm helping take care of it. And it doesn't have to be two-year buy-in. It could be just a one-year buy-in. So um, okay. my hack number two would probably be if you are a buyer, don't worry about getting the absolute lowest rate today. Don't pay points necessarily to get the lowest rate. Because, again, we're probably going to refinance here just in the next couple of not the next couple of months, but within the next two years, we're most likely going to refinance, mm -hmm. refinance most everybody from 2022 and the beginning of 2023. So don't buy down, you said? Probably not. I, you know, I, I, if you're someone who's just going to be super conservative and just say, look, I just want to know what it is, it's great, great more power to you. But if you want to play the market a little bit, do a tiny gamble, don't pay points. Because that money is that money's being locked into buying that rate. I mean, if you're only gonna have that rate for nine to twenty-four months, you know, save yeah. that money for next time. Yeah. And number three, what's your number three tip? My number three, so I did a seller, we did a borrower. Let's let's say for the buyer's agent. Uh go back through that database that you have of those people that couldn't buy something because of how strict the market was over the past two years or who didn't have that due diligence money. Chances are, if you looked at where they were two years ago, they probably made or make significantly more income because payrolls have gone up a good amount. Even though rates are higher today, payrolls are higher. And that being said, they can qualify for pretty close to what the market has adjusted in sales price for a lot of people. There's some that can't, but there are a lot of people that can. And again, the pain point is the rate. It's not necessarily the sales price. It's not necessarily that they can't afford it. Before it was they couldn't get a house because there were too many people, or they didn't have the extravagant amount of money for a due diligence in the time. Okay. Now there's a little inventory. Go out there, get shopping, get with your buyer's agent, and or for the buyers, get out there with your buyer's agent, with you as a buyer's agent. Call that database, get them going before the spring market and before the summer market goes and we start getting that competition. Because when rates come down, people are less likely to push it on the back burner. They're going so to get say, them to push they need, right? Well, get these people into a house before all the competition comes back. Because competition is going to come back. Do you think this is in every state or do you think it's just the Raleigh, North Carolina area? I would say most every state say this information probably is good for 70% of the nation. 
there's going to be pockets here or there that are so far out of the market where there's still some pockets in the nation that are still appraising. You know, they're going through or appreciate or some mm -hmm. are appreciating. And you've got some places that there's a major depreciation. But most of the nation, I think, it's in the distance where the triangle is. As long as mm -hmm. you've got jobs. And that's one of the things we see in the triangle. We have a large surplus of highly educated, qualified buyers. Yes, we do. We have good income. It's a good problem to have. Yes. So say a buyer comes to you and they have bad credit. Mm -hmm. Where do you go with them from there? Let's see. Do you have people that can help or do you have a process to walk them through it to get them to the next stage? Yes and yes. If it's somebody who has a minor problem that can be fixed with just knowing how credit systems work, a lot of times we can get people 20, 30, 40, 60 points just by fixing a couple of corrections. And I say corrections, it's knowing what the system reads and maximizing that. Eliminate the negative, maximize the positive, and just go with that. And there are going to be some people that just have a rough period that we need to work on. And then we've got people that are credit counselors that really come in and take those people by the hand and just say, hey, if you'll do A, B, C, and D over time, it'll get better. Time heals all wounds. Credit is in the Yes, it does. <laughs> time heals yeah. all wounds. I like that. So it even heals your credit if you do everything right. And I guess it does for anything in life. If you change what you're doing, whatever caused you pain, then, you know. Yeah, it's just a change of habits. You can create a whole new everything with a change of habits. Like that change of habits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you've got a first-time home buyer. Sorry, I just rolled in here with 20 million questions, didn't I? <laughs> you're okay. So first-time home buyer. Now, what um, what would be your first steps with them? I, as the buyer agent, calls you and says, I have, uh, we'll use Rocky, um, my dog, yeah. <laughs> as an example. Great buyer. Rocky is wanting to buy a new home, a new dog house. Okay. What yeah. is the first thing you're going to tell them to do? So I would tell Rocky, I'd say, Rocky, let's set up a time for you and I to have a true consultation. It's not it's a not I'm not trying to see, give me some information and let's just spit out what you're qualified for. I want to find out what it is that you really need. And from there, we'll go through an application, we'll get all the personal information, and I'm a big fan of doing a full pre-approval over pre-qualification when you get Make sure that there's not something sticky that you're not telling me that mm -hmm. comes back to buy us later. So go ahead and look at I do always tell my buyers, be honest, because even if you're not, it's going to come out one way okay. or another. So the best yes. way to do is just be honest. So absolutely. But there's nothing worse than finding out something elite before and scrambling yeah. to try to fix something that could have been addressed 30 days, 45, 90 days earlier that uh -huh. would have never been an issue. So I would tell them, let's go ahead and do a consultation. Let's figure out exactly what it is you want. Let's look at a couple of different options for you. And then now we've got a plan. We know what you're looking to get into, what you're looking to pay up front at closing, what you're looking to pay monthly. 
And a lot of times we'll go through a little budget. Just go through some other stuff. Just, just clear up your finances, just personal. And then from there, they can take that back to you as a buyer's agent and have full confidence that if I find something that fits into this category, I can do this. This it's now up to me to do what I want to buy. And now Rocky has all the power. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yes, it's mm-hmm. not hard. And unfortunately, there's some dogs that are not ready today that have to do. And we have to we figure out a plan. So yeah, it's not a it's not a difficult process. And do you follow up with these people until they get there? Or do you just give mm-hmm. them the plan and just let them fly? <laughs> so we give everybody the option of going through the plan. We've got a credit gentleman that is actually local I've been working with for over a decade. And we get him in touch with them. And the goal is for them to go ahead and get something going. Not everybody wants to. Everybody wants to buy a house today. Nobody wants to work on their credit today so they can do a mortgage in six months so they can buy a house in nine months. It's it's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not exciting. No, it's they not. Want, I went through it myself personally. Yeah. So, so and it was we, the process was brutal, <laughs> and I do this every day. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and to give you a heads up, when we bought our most recent house, we were ready to put an offer on another house, and I, I do this every day, all day long, dozens of times, and we had everything ready, just pull our credit. And I just didn't want to right away. I pulled it 12 months earlier. I said, okay, then we're ready. We'll go ahead and pull it again. Something popped up a few weeks before. And then I became that guy that screamed. <laughs> Preach about it every day. I tell everybody, keep your credit up to date six months. No more than six months. Once you get over six months, things can sneak up and you know, show up. Yes. And, and, and it's a collection for, you know, ear, nose, and throat. For the dentist, you know, it, it only takes a $2 credit to take 100 points off your credit score. So make sure that you're keeping it up to that. And that's what we do when we do the free approvals up front. We go ahead and pull the credit report so that we can see it and show them, hey, everything looks great. Or, hey, this $2, this is costing you 100 points on your credit score. Yeah. Let's get this on your credit. You can't buy a three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollar home because of two dollars. Because of two dollars, yes, absolutely. And it's not that you it's just that we've got so much going on, and there's so much fighting for our attention today that yeah. we get tons it's of easy to miss tons it. emails. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. easy to miss it. So the goal is just to make sure you know. It. And if your credit goes over six months, just ask us as numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that hard. No. <laughs> it's not. And for two dollars, seriously, the the least I've seen, I think, was about three and a half dollars. Okay. Yeah. It's easy to miss that. It, mm-hmm. it could be just overlooking a mail letter, or the letter just goes to the wrong place. I mean, so well, many. You could have. We had three family members that all had to get X-rays over a four-month period. And, I, and what insurance covers is pretty much the same. So you're deductible. And then you've got, we had like, you know, 200 and some dollar payment. Well, I paid 200 free. I thought I paid the third one. And they said I didn't. And I looked back and I found two of them. I couldn't find a third. Mm-hmm. So 
but we were able to fix it and, and we fixed it pretty quick. And if yeah. we go ahead and talk to clients about it, we can a lot of times get it fixed very quickly. What do you think the most challenging part about getting a mortgage is? You can't say everything. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, I want Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, they all get guidelines. We're just following guidelines. And as a consumer, you say, here, I'm providing this. And I come back to you and say, thank you for providing that. However, I need it to look slightly different. And you're like, that. And then you, I yell at you at this point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, and you're like, oh, come on, it's the same thing. I get it. Uh, but I have to have that paper. All we want to do is make the loan sellable on the secondary market. That's that's all we're trying to do. We just have to have certain documents to make it happen. You provide a bank statement. Your bank provides 32 pages. Seven of them say this page left intentionally blank. Need seven. This page left intentionally blank. It is what it is. It's, it's a guideline, and it's not fun, but it's it's what we do. But the hardest part is trying to get a consumer to understand that they gave me the information. I just want it to look slightly different. That's all. Anything worth having is not easy. <laughs> no, it's not. And just think of what what we're doing. That should be all mortgage loan offices slogan. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that should be that should be it. But, but don't need any it. other slogan. We got it. Yeah. We're giving hundreds of thousands of dollars away. And I'm just asking you to change the format of what you're sending me. We mm -hmm. can't use screen print. It needs to have URLs. All those little things that seriously that's nitpicky. It is. And we understand. You know, when I'm doing your loan, and you're like, come on, Jerry, seriously, really? Come on, don't worry. I talked to five other people today that I had that same conversation about I need your paperwork to look slightly different than, it looks 99% perfect, but just need yeah. that extra 1% or it's nothing. So in the last month compared to like June of this year, mm -hmm. how many do you think you closed? Or how many new loans did you, let's start with how many new loans did you get? Yeah. We're probably a, a little under two thirds of where we were in eco. I'll say the dying down. Uh, we're What's the most you've slower ever slower. done? The most I've ever done, personally, I in think one month. 13. 13. So 13 months. So that's my. Most I ever closed in one month was 14. So <laughs> look at you. By myself. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's a really I, I felt good like one. I wasn't going to survive. <laughs> so. and, and really the biggest thing for us is trying to find those systems where we can stay consistent. I'm assuming the month before you did 14 was a slow month, and the month after you were exhausted, you just wanted to sleep for take a month. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's how I was. Uh, the idea is just now to find a nice, steady, consistent amount that we can just Seven. do and provide that service. So, yeah. And seven today, nine next year, mm -hmm. 11, 12. The better we do our systems, the more we're able to do a quality. And that's the goal. We just want to be the highest capacity that we can provide that quality service. Yeah. Right now, there aren't as many buyers out there. So it, you get a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. So and sometimes 
What do you think sets you apart and movement mortgage apart from the other loan officers? For the people that are listening that are shopping or they're considering, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, but I haven't started the process. But after hearing you talk about how easy it is to just get on the phone and let you do the work and follow directions. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it. I, I would say systems, the systems that we have in place to make sure things don't get lost so that you're up to date to try to keep it as simple as possible. Again, and I can contest to that. I do get my emails saying that we're <laughs> in, yeah. we've got conditional approval, which was the best email ever. So. Yeah, appraisal is in. You know, you're trying to keep you up to date so that you're never calling me asking for, how's the status? How are things going? We want to make sure that we're keeping in touch with you on a regular basis so that you know all of that. Let's As say by some chance the appraisal comes in low. Do you call the <laughs> client? And the agent, or do you just shoot us an email? Oh, no. You, bad news is always done by phone. If you can't do it in person, you do it by phone. We haven't had any bad news yet, so I didn't know no. the answer to that. So, no, absolutely. So, luckily in this market, prices are just We're batting 100. Yeah. So, if anything happens and appraisal comes in, like, that's not necessarily bad news. That's, a, that's an opportunity in today's market for us to renegotiate with the seller. Mm -hmm. Seller today in December of 2022 does not want to take their house off the market for an appraisal that's a few thousand dollars. Yes. That's an opportunity for the buyer to possibly lower their loan amount, lower their sales price. There's, a lot of sellers haven't had that mind change yet, though. That's the thing that. Not yet. No. They're still There's holding on to those prices back in June. Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of people that are still thinking, okay, well, my house is worth four hundred, I'll list it for four fifty, it'll go for five hundred, and I'll get a hundred thousand dollars due diligence. There's still people that don't understand that that's not there. And the still think rates are in the low threes. Mm -hmm. you know, there's people that they heard it once and they're okay, but until it impacts them, they don't really pay attention to what's really going on in the market. We see it every day, so we pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. Most buyers and sellers, until it really comes to them, they're not paying as much attention to the doom and gloom that we hear on the news every day as we think they are. We think they're hearing it, but they're not all hearing it. Yeah. And the news is not a... I'll just leave it at that. I think everybody should just not listen to the news, but that's like... <laughs> I'm with you. It's, it's not the news anymore, it seems like. Yeah, it make life easier. Which, and you guys are in, you said pretty much 70% of the United States. So as far as movement mortgage is concerned, we are actually, I think all but Alaska right now. It may be two states, but I think it's all but Alaska. I think we now have a, a location in Hawaii. Uh, we haven't found any loan officers that have been to Alaska yet, I don't think. So I think that's probably what's keeping us up, out of up there. I don't know. <laughs> Earnings are actually not in But yeah, we're we're as a as a company, we're throughout the entire United States pretty much. And as far as our team, we're licensed here in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. And we do business and we refer into a couple of the other uh, local states that we're working on getting our licensing in. But if you have any questions to write anywhere, but start it and do some yeah. So what, 
Let me think how I'll ask this. The process. So they fill out their application. Yeah. And because we have people in here that are not in real estate, we've got all kinds of people that listen in since we're live. Okay. So what would the process is they fill out the application, correct? Then they go find a house. So, yes. So the way I would recommend doing it is we set up a consultation to find out a little bit about what you're wanting to do. We fill out the application. We'll go through some numbers, a couple different scenarios. We'll document some pay stubs, W-2s. If you're self-employed, I get the joy of going through your tax returns and just calculating income because self-employed income is not like salary income. It's a bit different. So mm -hmm. once we've got all that taken care of and we've got a pre-approval letter, we take that pre-approval letter to our buyer's agent and say, hey, I can buy a house up to this, but I really want to be here. And I'll just pre-approve higher than what you want. Because if you're pre-approved for a higher amount, you're definitely pre-approved for a lower amount. So it doesn't work vice versa. So find out where you feel comfortable. And then from there, go have fun with the agent. And, then we'll and I think all the agents on here will agree to, for people to do that before they just come to you and you just start looking. Because then they get their hopes set on something they think that they're going to be approved because their friend told them they could buy a house for this much. And I've had this happen many times. I'll have clients come to me and, oh, my friend told me I should be approved up to 600000 and then when we do everything, they're only up to like four fifty, and then they're wanting a six hundred thousand dollar home, awesome. and it's just yeah. it's a rabbit hole it's, you don't want to go down as a buyer or an agent. It's hard to go down. It, it, it is once you set your expectation as a buyer and get your emotions set around it, it's hard to go down. And again, sales prices have gone up from the past several years, and rates right now rates are significantly higher. So someone who bought a house at 600 in January with a 3% rate, as opposed to someone buying it today in the mid to low sixes, mm -hmm. it's, it's a completely different payment. So you may have the same salary job and not be on the same qualifying schedule. Or you may yeah. have a boat along with your two cars that the other person didn't have. There's, there's a lot of stuff that- You may have a boat. <laughs> a boat. <laughs> buying and selling the best more states. What's the craziest thing you've seen somebody go buy right before they're supposed to close on the house and that doesn't happen? A Hummer. Uh, when the H2 Hummer came out back in 2006, 7, 8, uh -huh. something, I don't know. Whenever, it was one of my first few years of doing one. So I had a client who was a big fan of the new H2 Hummer that came out. Like, this is so cool. And I was like, I mean, they're massive vehicles. And it was just the coolest thing which gas at the time was still pretty low for the time. And we went to closing. We'd gone through, I mean, he was tight. And we got to closing and there was an H2 Hummer sitting out in the parking lot. And I was like, this is so cool. Go in. I was like, hey. <laughs> it wasn't so good anymore. Oh, there's only like four or five businesses in here. Maybe we can ask whoever it is if we can go see it afterwards. And he's like, no, no, no. I've got the keys right here. And I'm like, um, well, hope you're going to live in it. Now. And again, at the time, I think it was like at $800. Yeah. 
and that completely threw us off. And that impacted, we didn't close. That was no loan, no house, no loan. I don't know. We lost all his due diligence, probably, and his earnest money. We didn't have we didn't have due diligence back then. Earnest money was probably like five hundred dollars back then. It, it wasn't like it is today. But he he lost out on that, and he lost out on several months, a lot of hard work, and you know, I don't know, marriage yeah. maybe. I I knew she really wanted that house, so he got a hundred. That's that's as far as I know after that. So some people quit. Quit their job the day before closing, and we do that final verification of employment. I just want to make sure the case is still working over there. Is everything good? I'm sorry, I can't disclose that information. Why? Just disclose the verification of employment three days ago when we did that. We just need to do our right here at closing. We can't discuss that. Okay. I call you. It's like you can't wait one or two days to quit. Gonna buy a house and quit my job. That sounds good. Yeah, and I'm like, well, you quit your job, but you're not buying a house. So, yeah, lots. We see some crazy stuff. I've seen a lady that spent forty thousand dollars in Vegas. Trying and that was her, that was her down payment closing cost money. So yeah, she, and she probably hoped she was going to win it back and double it. That's what it was. She lost two or three thousand dollars, and she kept trying to get herself to a situation, and she ended up going and going and going until she ran out of money to try to get back. Everybody makes fun of me when I put fifteen dollars <laughs> in, and when I hit like a hundred, two hundred, I walk away. I left with like seventy dollars the last time positive, and my friend left with yeah. negative two thousand. So it's yeah. I I look at it as it's entertainment money, and mm -hmm. if I took a hundred dollars, let's say I had a hundred dollars to go spend on slot, I don't know what I, I I don't gamble, so I'm I don't know exactly what it is. But I obviously I would, you just I would spend it all on the first one, just be done, just like okay, I'm done. Now what? My wife, she could, she loves the the going back and forth of the cards and the slots and everything, and she she enjoys it. But me, I'm just like, eh, one and done. Let's let's get out of here. Let's go. So yep. it's me. it's just different mentalities and what what you consider entertainment. I'll spend money on video games. So that's you know, my wife's like, that's a waste of money, but I'm like, yeah, Cheers. I like video games. It's my entertainment. So, Cheers. Yeah. And when I was buying my investment property, I goes, do not buy shoes until you close on the house. <laughs> you, you can have as many shoes to fill that closet afterwards as mm -hmm. you need. Let's just keep our finances the same until closing. Yeah. So, um, real quick, investment properties. Do you help people do those? And do yeah. you do jumbo loans? We do. So, jumbo loans, they're a little bit different beasts. They typically follow your basic family guidelines, and then they have overlays on top. Each investor that does those, and we carry several different investors, but they all have- Did the conventional there. loan just get raised to like 574,000, is that correct? I believe it just went from 547 to 627,200. Oh, I'll interchange those numbers. Um, sorry, I said 74. It's okay. Uh, I'm sorry. It went up to 726, 200. 
from so that's still conventional and that's no longer considered jumbo correct it's no longer considered jumbo correct so it went from pre-covid uh around the 5, 525 to 549 you said 726 years. Mm -hmm. so within the last three years we've gone over two hundred thousand. it's considered seven seven hundred twenty six thousand is considered conventional right Seven hundred twenty-six thousand and two hundred dollars for a single unit property. That's seventy-nine thousand dollars higher than last year. It's considered conventional, not jumbo. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yep. That's all your standard Fannie Mae guidelines. So you pay you a ton on the interest, or I mean, how does that work? The jumbo people. Is, do they pay so more jumbo, interest or do they have to have more to put down? Typically, Jumbo has been more in interest. The last mm -hmm. year, I would say Jumbo has been a little bit lower than conventional. Mm -hmm. It's just because the investors on a Jumbo, they can react quickly. On a conventional loan, we expect that you're probably going to be refinancing once rates drop. So the market to buy rates at a certain price point has been a little bit difficult to try to figure out where is premium pricing? What is zero points? What is one point? What is negative one point giving you credit towards closing costs? It's been difficult for the secondary market to try to keep up with that because inflation has just continued to climb so rapidly. Mm -hmm. However, now that it's stable, stabilized a bit, we're going to start seeing that come into play a little more and then it'll finally start working its way down. We'll start seeing those where you have the lender start paying more closing costs. Also, we see stable rates again in the five or so. But Jumbo's recently in the past year have been actually a little bit lower than conforming loan limits, but yeah. they've had some additional contingencies that make them a little more difficult for some. Uh -huh. However, on a conventional loan limit, with it now being the 726, you could do a 5% down on a $760,000 house. So 5% okay. down, whereas with Jumbo, you can't do that 5% down and expect it to be similar price. Yeah. Jumbo's, Jumbo likes a little bit more down payment. They're not big on mortgage insurance a lot of times. They'll build their own mortgage insurance in so that rate will jump up. Mm -hmm. There's just a, a lot of different little caveats with Jumbo. Okay. So. And then investments, you know, with the rates going up, investments, there's just not, again, that what we call premium pricing, where you've got a standard of this is your rate, an extra half a point will give you this rate, an extra one point will get you down to this rate, or vice versa. There's not that standard that we usually see with a, we'll call it a flat market, where rates just sort of go like that. We're mm -hmm. just seeing rates are up and down too much for us to see a consistent amount where we can see investment properties having you paying no points. A lot of times yeah. you're paying, you know, you're still paying in the sevens and you're paying two points. So you're paying a point and a half or whatnot. And, and it gets expensive. It's just not the market. And, you know, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you know, FHA, FHFA has said, we're not really in the business of doing second homes and investment properties. Their goal mm -hmm. was to keep a certain percentage, and as of the beginning of 2021, I think it was, they were twice the amount of loans that they wanted to have in their portfolio. So, the goals: you know, first-time home buyers, repeat home buyers, primary residents. 
That's mm -hmm. kind of the bread and butter of what you're seeing conventional wines these days. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Absolutely. It's interesting, just the whole 726,000. You know what I mean? That just, what do you think the reasoning behind that was? Like, I mean. Prices went up significantly. And then they gave an odd number, 200. <laughs> so. it's, it's, a, it's an average. So they're rounding to the nearest 100. Okay. Uh, and and I, I'd have to look and see exactly what it is. I think it's like a national. Mm -hmm. I, I would have to look well, at the seven hundred thousand dollar house now this time to buy. <laughs> yeah, seven hundred sixty five thousand dollar house with minimal down payment. Now's uh -huh. a great time. So yeah. So jump yeah. on this. <laughs> so yeah. and what's funny is I talked about this a few weeks ago on here, how the homes that are five hundred plus in this area, they're still flying mm -hmm. off the market like this. It's the ones that's under four hundred thousand that's kind of slowed down well some of those are people are considering those to be a little overpriced or those are homes that may have a little bit of work that needs to be done mm -hmm. uh, they may be priced lower because of that and some of that is these are now our first time home buyer prices for mm -hmm. a lot of this area so you know back a decade decade and a half ago you know a first time home buyer house was 200 250. Mm -hmm. Now, first-time homebuyer houses just just sub five. Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of people that are buying the first-time homes that are buying, you know, paper half new. Yeah. So. So. It's interesting. It is. Yes. So. Well, we've only got a few more minutes left. Does anybody have any questions? And Jared, like, give us some closing statements, like. Where do they find you? How can we find you? They um, do. You, what's your Instagram name? So. Oh, I have no clue of any of that stuff. That's I know your Instagram name. Um, My wife runs that site. Yes, I'm going to. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. I'm glad we mentioned her. I now know. Um, I wanted to talk to. You. He works with his wife as well. Yes. They work as a team. So you don't just get him. You get them both. He's the number side, yeah. and she's the fun, bubbly side. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll love her. You'll deal with me. I, I'm the guy that's usually like all working with your spouse. I mean, I know I work with Adam on a lot of different mm -hmm. things, and I know I want to strangle him ninety eight percent of the time. <laughs> and Kim's not on here, so you can be honest. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say ninety percent of the time, it's awesome. I see her more than I had seen her while she was a teacher. Uh, she would you know, work all day, I would work all day, we'd be tired, and we'd come yeah. home at the end of the day, and then you have kids. Yeah. Now, we get to see each other, we go on lunch days. So that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of all of those uh, aspects. She would probably say she gets fed up with me way more than I get fed up with her. Um, <laughs> she's bubbly. I'm just, you know. And that's how I became connected with you guys, because she saw I was a previous teacher. And she was a teacher as well. So. Y'all have the 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 heart of a teacher. I say, you know, mm -hmm. one of the things that we brought into our business several years ago before she joined the team was education. We feel like with the a good quality education of what you can purchase, what prices are going to be, what closing costs is going to be, and what the future holds, yeah. 
you can make the right decision for you and your family. So and I think that's one of the reasons I want you to come on here because a lot of people don't know where to begin. And buying a house is being educated. It is being taught something. Whether you want to learn it or not, you're going to learn it throughout the process. So, but yeah, we, we want you to find information that you can now use to your advantage because once you've got that information, it, it's, it's powerful. It really is powerful and it's enlightening. You don't have to be afraid of the numbers, you don't have to be afraid of any of it. You can go out there and be confident and say, I want that house, I'm prepared to pay for that house. And then with your buyer's agent, just be, let's do it. You just won't have, you won't be at so many surprises. And if you line yourself yeah. with the right loan officer and the right agent, you're not going to have those surprises. Correct. Can you help people? I know Hallie's from San Angelo and we have people on here that's from Texas. Can you help people in Texas as well? So we're not licensed in those uh, locations. However, we're here to serve. So, you know, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll start with you and get you in the right direction. We don't have any problem. We're, we're here to help you. That's, that's our goal. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jared, I want to thank you so much for being on here and giving us an hour of your time. That was awesome. So, and I took away a few nuggets and I do this every single day. So <laughs> we learn every day. Exactly. I really appreciate it. So, and I tell Kim, I said, hello. And she's having a great night at her gift giveaway. And we missed Hallie tonight, but she'll be back next week. And I hope everybody has an amazing week. Jared, do you need to add anything or want to add anything? We're just, we're just here to serve. Here to serve. So, here to serve. <laughs> and remember, anything worth having is <laughs> challenging. <laughs> a lot of times it is, yes. Absolutely. So, well, I hope you have a great rest of the week, and I'll see you on our team call tomorrow. And I'll see you tomorrow. Yes, that sounds great. Have a great night. So, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye.